Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Well, good evening, and thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program on this Mother's Day evening. We're here with our host, Pastor Matthew Recker, and tonight we'll be taking a one-week break from our Back to the Beginning series and focus instead on the importance of godly motherhood. My name is Micah, and we have a full program on deck for you tonight. And if you would like to join in our conversation, or if you want to call in with a question or prayer request, give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine. Pastor Matt, before you introduce our guest in studio with us tonight, we did have a call-in question from last week that we wanted to address, and the question was, is fasting still relevant for us today? Well, thank you, Micah, for that question, and good to be here with you tonight, as always. And happy Mother's Day to yeah, all our Mother's wonderful Day, mothers <laughs> out there, and we're going to have a great Mother's Day program, as you mentioned. Yep. Uh, but regarding fasting absolutely is fasting to be done today in fact even more in such a day Mm -hmm. that we live in Mm -hmm. and and i know we both think of that miracle that jesus did in casting out the demon of that young boy who the disciples could not cast out the demon right and then the, the the disciples said lord how come we couldn't cast the demon out of that boy and Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, when the disciple says, why could not we cast him out? Jesus said, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. In other words, there are certain kinds of situations, certain kind of spiritual warfares that we are in where fasting is required for the victory. Yeah, absolutely. And, And there's one other verse I'll just share real quick. And I know there's different ways to look at this, but in Luke chapter 5 and verse 35, Jesus said, the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that has application to the time between the, the death of Christ and his resurrection, and maybe even the time that they were waiting for the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, during the 40 days that they were fasting and waiting for his, his resurrection. Okay. But I, I believe that that has an application for us today. Yeah. Mm-hmm that Jesus has been taken away from us. He's our bridegroom. He's preparing a place for us. He's going to come again to receive us. So we should be uh, prayer and fasting. And plus, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on. Absolutely. And I think anyone who's ever fasted probably could answer and say yes also, because God does answer prayer. And For me, anytime I've ever fasted about something big, God always surprises me. So Mm -hmm. I always get a surprise when I do fast. And it is hard in our day, you know. We, everything we do revolves around food every time we get together with friends, family, but um, it's absolutely necessary in this day, as you said, Pastor. Right, and if there's a need, if there's a marriage problem, for example, yeah. it, it talks about fasting to, for the victory over that marriage problem. Why? Mm-hmm. Because fasting requires discipline, and maybe there's some kind of sinful 
habit that's taken over somebody mm. that requires spiritual discipline to overcome it. So if you could abstain from the most basic human need, mm-hmm. eating, mm-hmm. then you can also overcome other spiritual mm-hmm. uh, temptations and things of that nature through, through fasting. It will give victory in yeah. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So we're so glad to, to be here tonight. We have in studio with us one of our great mothers and a missionary to New York City with her husband, Tim. But we have Kristen Stalkup. Kristen, I know you've been here before, but welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, and we're going to get into the mighty prayer of the great mother in the Bible, Hannah, with Kristen tonight. And dear, call, dear listeners, we invite you to call in. We invite you to listen. We invite you to call your mother or a good mother that you know and have them listen to the program right now because we're going to also have not only Kristen Stalkup, a godly mother, in full-time ministry, homeschooling her children, sharing insights about motherhood, Mm. and your children are at the ages of? Seven and five. Seven and five. We're going to have three other mothers call in, and I think it'll be a real blessing and give a lot of insight to motherhood. So we're going to have three of the great mothers of our church call in, and we're going to close the program tonight with a special blessing prayer for all the mothers in our city. So have... Call, call a mother right now, dear listener, and have them listen to our program. That would be a blessing. And then if you need prayer tonight, maybe you're a mom and you would like a special prayer. We have the Esters here tonight. <laughs> They're both, both Esters, both love the Lord, both wise in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Maybe you need prayer for your mom. Maybe your mom's not saved yeah. mm-hmm. and you would like prayer for her salvation. Mm-hmm. Or maybe your mom is sick. And she needs prayer Mm. in an illness or she's going through some other financial or physical struggle. We'd love to pray for your mother tonight. Or, dear mom, maybe you're going through a situation and you would like prayer. Give us a call, 929-333-3739. So we are going to talk about the mighty prayer of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And we're going to read portions of this chapter at this time. And I'm going to start us off in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And begin at verse 1, and hopefully we'll say some of these big words right. Here we go. (laughs) Now, there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehohan, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, the name of the other, Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children children. This man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary, I guess that's Penina, huh? Mm. An adversary. Can you imagine having the wife Mm. of your husband, your adversary? Mm. That's a tough life. Mm. Her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not, and why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? 
So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And verse 20, Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about, after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Verse 24, And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks, and one ephah of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slew a bullock, and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. Hmm. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to talk about a mother's mighty prayer. Thank you for Hannah. Thank you, Lord, that there's a book in the Bible that reminds us that you answer prayer. There's just no doubt about it, as Samuel means, asked of God. So, Lord, we thank you that Samuel came into the world because a godly woman asked you for him. And bless this time now. Encourage our moms. Build up strong mothers throughout our city, yea, our state, our nation today on this Mother's Day 2022. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wow, we need mothers more than ever, don't we? Mm-hmm. So there's no more influential role in all the earth than a mother, not a president of a nation, a CEO of an organization, an entertainer, an athlete, all the people that get all the accolades and the awards. No one can compare to the impact of a spirit-filled mother. Their words are never forgotten. Their touch is always remembered. Their memory lasts a lifetime. The mother's hand is the hand that rocks the cradle, and the hand that rocks the cradle, as they say, rules the world. Hmm. And it's amazing. Here's the history of the kings. The history of the kings begins with a godly woman in a barren womb. Mm. And not even a king is born, but the last judge, if you will, who will lead the nation in appointing the first kings of the, the kingdom of Israel. So before there was David, before there was Solomon, there's Hannah praying with a broken heart, a barren womb. That's the foundation for a nation through whom will come the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Hmm. So here's the history of the Kings beginning. So tonight, dear friends, we're going to look at the mighty prayer of Hannah. We just want to look at it in three simple ways. First of all, her praying, and then two, her spending time with, with Samuel, and three, letting go of Samuel. And we're going to talk to Kristen about her raising of her children, her two children, And we're going to also talk to, as we mentioned, three of our great mothers of Heritage Baptist Church on the phone. And we also invite you to call in tonight if you need prayer. If you need to ask God for something, that's what Samuel means, asked Mm. of God. Mm. Give us a call tonight and let's ask of God with you at 929-333-3739. So first let's look at how Hannah had a mighty influence upon her children 
in these three ways. The first way by praying through children, uh, for her children, praying for her children. And prayer is powerful, isn't it? Hmm. And through prayer, the powerless become strong. Hmm. Because Hannah had no power in the world. But through prayer, she has great power. And a great child is born. And what a, what a passage this is, really, and a wide range of emotion that Hannah must be going through, not, not having any children, being barren, being provoked by Penina, the wife of her husband. She obviously didn't get along with him. She must have had, you know, some kind of jealousy in a way, which would be very natural, mm-hmm. you know, that she had multiple children. She had none. He, she had sons and daughters. But there's a word that really arrests me. It's in verse 6 where it says that Penina made her to fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Fret. And, you know, here's that word in chapter 2. If you look in chapter 2, verse 10, the word fret is translated thunder. Out of heaven shall be thunder. So, mm. so I mean, her soul was thundering. Mm. Her, her soul was roaring like the sea. Her, her soul was in bitterness, it speaks about in her prayer but she was praying strong wasn't she Kristen yes Mm. so how did Hannah pray through all of this pain that she was going through and you know and I thought about her prayer through pain what kind of what kind of pain do do mothers experience and how does that pain lead them to prayer you know because Penina was a pain if you will to to Mm. Hannah right yes and what advice would you offer to mothers to encourage them to pray through their disappointments, through their pain, and not to stop praying? Yes, yes. I think it's important to note here in this first chapter that we read, verse 7 and verse 10 both talk about her weeping, weeping sore, yeah. like what that intense pain is. And even through this grief that she was feeling and asking the Lord persistently year after year after year, she wasn't giving up that praying though she was still continuing to seek God and God is still God even in the midst of our pain he always hears even when we don't feel like he is I wanted to reference a verse in Psalm chapter 56 verse 8 it says thou tellest my wanderings put thou my tears into thy bottle are they not in thy book when we as mothers are are weeping and crying about things Mm -hmm. we know the Lord still hears us yeah even if there's not a physical person that might seem to understand God is still hearing God is still understanding and I would encourage people to pray like yeah. she's persistently praying we see that even when she didn't get an answer right away and she didn't get answers for years mm-hmm. I mean while Penina was having son after daughter after son you know exactly and that reminded me of Paul we've talked about yeah. him this last week his thorn, thorn in, in the, the flesh, flesh. Yeah. that would be <laughs> yeah, another wife in the situation Penina was a thorn absolutely I mean, God gives us those thorns yeah and, you know, Hannah's not the first or the last in a long line of barren women in the Bible. Mm. And they, you know, each one of them, as they go through, they have a miraculously conceived son. Mm. And this seems to be mm. one of God's favorite miracles, showing his goodness, his mercy, and his power. We remember Sarah, who gave birth to Isaac in her old age. And then Sarah's daughter-in-law, Rebecca, who had twins, Jacob and Esau, after a long period of barrenness. Mm. And then her daughter-in-law, Rachel, whose situation mirrored Hannah's in that she watched for many years as her husband's other wife, Leah, who happened to be her sister, Mm. gave birth to multiple sons until finally God remembered Rachel and opened her womb. But what makes Hannah's story so unique is that we have this unprecedented insight into her psychological and spiritual state. Mm. We are able to peer 
into the window of her soul to see her bitter anguish and grief and to even hear her prayer. And we see that Hannah does exactly what a wise, godly woman should do. Mm. She surrenders all to the Lord, casting her cares upon him, and she's a role model for all future mothers. Right. And I think it's um, important that when we have difficulties, that pushes us pushes us to prayer, right? When there's mm-hmm. the difficulty, the thorn in the fr- flesh or the second wife or whatever, that's pushing yeah. us to prayer, those difficulties. Absolutely. Uh, uh, absolutely. And the, the, re- the fact is, is that all of us have paninus mm-hmm. in one way or another. A penina <laughs> could be a physical problem. Like you mentioned, a thorn in the flesh. It mm-hmm. could be a, another person. It could be your coworker. It could mm-hmm. be, it could be another church member. It, it it could be your child. It could be your in-laws. You know, all of us have some kind of a penina. That is some situation, a person that causes us disappointment, that that reminds us of our failure. Mm. You know, penina reminded Hannah that mm. she was barren, and, yeah. and she didn't want that. And so that led her to pray. So, dear friends, maybe you have a penina in your life that has caused pain, mm. despair, crying out to God. Give us a call. We want to pray with you this evening at 929-333-3739. And I do love verse 11. I just want to highlight verse 11 and in her prayer of pain where she says to the Lord, she, she vowed a vow. Hmm. In other words, she was going to pray, but she was committing herself to God in the answer to prayer. Hmm. And she said, Lord, look on the affliction of thine handmaid. So, dear mm-hmm. friends, do you have an affliction that that you're wondering if God sees? Ask God to look on it. He sees He sees your pain. He sees your despair and your disappointment, that penina in your life. Look on my affliction. And then she says, remember me. Remember me, Lord. You know why you bless other people? Bless mm-hmm. me too, you know. Remember me. I just love that. And she says, do not forget. Do not forget thine handmaid. And give me a son. And then she was very specific. Mm-hmm. She didn't ask for just a child. She yeah. didn't. She wanted a son mm-hmm. who would serve God and do great and mighty things for the Lord. So what a, what a beautiful prayer mm-hmm. that is. So we're going to, we have um, a dear sister in our church this evening, Zuki. And Zuki has come to the United States from another nation and loves the Lord with her family. And Zuki, welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations program. Are you here with us, Zuki? Are you on the phone? Okay. Let's see here. Zuki, are you there with us? Okay. Mm. Well, we hope we can get that fixed because we're going to have a number of people... Um, call in tonight and um so lord we pray that we got a prayer right now <laughs> we got a penina it's called technology <laughs> the penina of, of technology and uh okay let's see here zuki are you there with us we can't hear her nope okay so maybe while we try to figure that out um Kristen, maybe maybe she could just call in the regular number maybe Maybe okay. have her just call it call Zuki, in. Zuki, are you here a, with us? Zuki, are you there? Uh, no. You know what? Ha, have uh, have her just call in as a as a regular caller, the regular number, and then she can come in. 
that way. Okay, so we we can roll though. Let, let's continue to roll with this, and and let's 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 skip down a little bit. And um, you know, in verse eleven, I already kind of referenced that a little mm-hmm. bit, but we can underline and we can repeat some of these things. Mm. But in verse eleven, Hannah has a really awesome view of God in her, in this prayer. And so, how does mm. she see herself in prayer, and how can mothers apply this to their prayer life? Yes, um, she was viewing God as the God of everything, I think, active in mm-hmm. our lives and everything, but with this attitude of humility. How many times did she reference herself as yeah. a handmaiden, right. as a servant, this servant? Um, and you mentioned this transparent, specific need. I think if anything I've learned in my prayer life, it's specifically asking God. He wants to hear our specific prayers. And you've done this thing for someone else. Mm-hmm. You can do this for me. Like yeah. we see that as an example in the Bible. Even here, I think she's she's saying that same thing. So this attitude of humility and applying that to our own prayer lives. God wants to hear us ask specifically. He wants us viewing him as the Lord of hosts, the God of everything active in our lives. And um, Hannah, Hannah gave us that example mm. that I think is, is throughout the Bible. Yeah. And we can see that and apply that to our own prayer life. Okay, let's see. Zuki, are you here with us on the air? No, she's not. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, you know, Pastor, what I was going to say is, you know, there are... She just tried to call in just the, the regular call-in number, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zuki, are you here with us? Says on the air. No. Okay. All right. Sorry about the technical difficulties, folks. But, you know, there are people in the Bible who suffer much turmoil, you know, and the question always comes up, and we were even talking about this last week. Um, with our evangelists, you know, why does God let bad things happen mm. to good people? Yeah. And, you know, Hannah does not come to God with that question. She mm. doesn't say, why me, God? Mm-hmm. Instead, she comes humbly. She comes as a servant. She's beseeching the Lord to intervene in her situation. <clears throat> she calls him the Lord of hosts, as we mentioned, and she's proclaiming God's power to act. Right. What she does is she's recognizing that the Lord can give her a son, so she comes with prayer and with fasting, and we were even talking about fasting before the program. Right. Hannah fasted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she didn't eat as she was coming to the Lord in prayer, and, mm. you know, the mothers of today and everyone else should come to the Lord with that same humble spirit, not questioning God, but asking Him to work in their lives and in the mm-hmm. lives of their children. So year by year, it may be difficult, as we don't always see how God is working. You know, sometimes it's so much easier to look back and see what He was doing, right. but it wasn't easy to see what happened in person. So right. I, I like the verse James five sixteen, which tells us that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man mm. availeth much. Yes. And you could also say the fervent prayer of a righteous mother mm. availeth mm. much. Yes. That, that's yes. right. That's right. And, mm. you know, I love the name for God that Hannah uses. And I actually believe that she herself discovers this name for God, the Lord of hosts. Mm. Yes. Now, that name is familiar to us, but the the first time it's used in the Bible is in this chapter, in verse 3, where Samuel calls the Lord the Lord of hosts. But Samuel learned this name from his mom, because, the, because really the first one who ever uttered this term was Hannah when she prayed for Samuel mm-hmm. in verse 11. She mm-hmm. said, O Lord of hosts. And you know what that means? That God is the, the Lord of all the armies of heaven. Mm. So God has infinite the infinite resources of heaven available to him and heaven is at his command. And so Hannah knows because he is the Lord of hosts that nothing is impossible with him. Mm. And so she prays 
unto the Lord of hosts. And it's a beautiful thing, then, that Samuel begins this book by referring to the Lord mm. as the Lord of hosts. And, and praise God for that. Yes. Amen. So should we try, let's try one more time. Let's try to get Zuki <laughs> on here. Zuki, are you on the air with us? We're praying. We're mm. fasting. You yeah. haven't eaten anything. Since. <laughs> okay, so you know what? Let's try to see if Susan. Susan, are you there? Susan, are you there? Okay, so there's some technical difficulty here. Okay. Okay, so you know what? Let's, let's go. We, let, well, you know what? We do have a song. Okay. We do. So okay. let's, let's go to the song. And this song is a beautiful song mm. because it relates to parenting yeah. where it says, let us not forsake the truth we learned in the beginning. So mm. dear parents, you're out there teaching your kids, teaching them the word of God, teaching them of Jesus. Don't despair. And God will teach them and they will not forsake the truth you're putting into their heart and soul. Give us a call right now if we could pray with you at 929-333-3739. And do not fear, the winds of change may rage tomorrow. God is at your side, no longer Unexpected sorrow, God, you are my God, and I will trust in you and not be shaken. Lord, a peace renew, a steadfast spirit within me. and fleeting shadows hold on to his ways with shield of faith against temptation's flaming arrows God you are my God and I will trust in you and not be shaken Lord of peace renew Steadfast spirit within me to rest in you
Be still. Even when you plan for things that they don't happen, we have to always be still and trust and rest in the Lord. He is He is in control. He is the He is the Lord of hosts. And we do apologize, really, to Azuki. I know she was prepared, as well as some of our other mothers. I was, we were so looking forward to having them. We're still maybe I don't know if this can work out. If maybe reboot or something, but we're. Glad to have Kristen in studio. Kristen's here. Yes. Yeah, you're definitely <laughs> no here. No technical difficulties. No, no technical difficulties <laughs> talking to you, so that's a blessing. Oh. So, Kristen, uh, we were just here talking during the song, and you did travel with your husband around the country for three and a half years, yes. raising financial support, and now you're you're moved into New York City. Yes. You're homeschooling your kids. Mm-hmm. And how has this been a challenge for you? How has this, you know, uh, led you to prayer? And, and mm. how have, are you enjoying uh, being in the city and raising your kids in hmm. in the New York City. That's a loaded question. There's yeah. so many questions there. <laughs> yeah, right. We love the city, which is yeah. crazy because neither of us grew up in a big city at all. And New York is like nowhere else in the world. It's like a completely different country. Yeah. I grew up in Illinois in the middle of cornfields. And we were married and lived in North Carolina in the first half of our marriage, which is very different from New York, too. So, Anyway, we we love it. We've been here almost a year now, basically a year, and um, raising our children here is something I never, I can't just send my kids outside to play. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in the fourth floor of an apartment, and traffic, even in this, you know, not busy street that we live on, it's still not somewhere I send my kids, or, you know, just, um, there's so many things that are different with shopping and parking and different Mm -hmm. things like that, that we were not, and, and getting the kids and their stuff out of the van and back in, you know, and everything, so... Um, plus homeschooling, I, I'm a teacher by profession. So okay. I taught in a school for several years. Oh, okay. Teaching your own children is like nothing yeah. <laughs> else yeah. compared to teaching somebody else's children. Yeah. And here in a small apartment, you have one kid in one room and another in somewhere else. And just, you give everything to your children. I think there's an aspect of, of mm. what you do taking care of them. That's, that's just a part of you is everything. And I'm so thankful for my husband. He mm. helps in so many ways too, but um, the Lord is, is blessing and we prayed to get up here and we prayed where to live and prayed for so many different aspects of raising our children from the beginning, you know, so. Can I ask you this? Why you would make a decision to homeschool your children, hmm. you know, uh, hmm. as, as a Christian yes. and not put them into, in the public school? Why, yes. why was that yes. your decision? Well, and there are so many things that are taught in a school, any school situation, mm-hmm. and it's good to know what your children are being taught, mm-hmm. but specifically knowing what is taught in the public mm-hmm. school right. is everything is opposite, basically. Not just from the educational standpoint as a teacher that I want my children to learn well educationally, but also philosophically and biblically. Like, we are striving to teach our children from a biblical worldview about every aspect, and Teaching yeah. our children allows us to do that. That's it. I mean, the public school does have a worldview yes. that they're teaching our children, and it, and it is not a biblical worldview. Right. And recently, especially down in Virginia, it came out that as the the mothers were going to school board meetings and standing up against critical race theory, against yes. woke ideology, mm-hmm. and now with all of this transgenderism and, yes. and teaching little first, second graders uh, oh. telling them their pronouns and teach- right. teachers telling the children what their pronouns are. You don't know what's being taught right. at all in the school. And then when parents were standing up, literally the attorney general and 
the FBI were were criminalizing the parents and and yeah. treating the parents like like they were domestic terrorists. Yeah. And yeah. so this is this is dangerous mm-hmm. that our schools are at, actually they're promoting a religion. Mm. Yeah. They wouldn't mm-hmm. say it, but it is the religion of humanism, mm-hmm. and they're establishing a religion, and that goes against the very First Amendment of our nation that right. the government is not to establish any religion. But in a sense, they're they're pushing Christians out, yeah. and Absolutely. they're teaching a religion based on you know evolution and a lifestyle and and morality mm-hmm. with, with uh, without the Bible and without prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another mm-hmm. you know some of the politicians are even hearing language that is like we your children are our children mm. so there, there's yeah. there's things being said that were kind of under the covers a little bit and right. now it's coming out more and mm-hmm. more that the school boards um you know the the unions they're they're kind right. of looking at some of the children as their their uh, children and that's right not, you know that's no. just anti-biblical they're my they, children they're given by children. god yeah exactly that's Kristen, right. i remember one of the first times i met you you guys had your minivan and it was parked outside. I believe we we're at Tri-State Bible Camp. Oh yeah! And you guys had uh, something on the back of the minivan, <laughs> and it had extra stuff in it. And you guys yes. had something on top of the yes. minivan. And yes. as I thinking about, you know, you, for for months and months and mm-hmm. years, I guess you guys yeah. were traveling around the country, right, from place to place, and right. you really had to fit your whole lives and your two children into the minivan. Yes. What was that yes. like? Yes. <laughs> it's it's unique we do love traveling and with only two children and my husband and I obviously get along so we love each other it was a very good bonding time but if you think of anything I Timmy was less than a year old when we started traveling oh, my, wow. my youngest uh-huh. so yeah. you think of all the things that a baby needs with mm-hmm. feedings and and diaper changes and all of that I mean you know the things you think about for young children at all just yeah. what you have to do to take care of them it's just kind of roll with the punches and and <laughs> yeah. go with the flow but it definitely taught me a lot about going with the flow that I think has helped me with living in the city, honestly, because there's so many things we had to go through living that way that has helped us with living in a small apartment and just Mm. here being so, I don't know, travel is just different. And so that has helped, I think. (laughs) A a little bit different travel is uh, in traffic. That that reminds me when, when, you know, when uh, we left our first church, in Brooklyn, we we came to New York in '84 to '89. We started a church, and then we were going to start another church. But we literally put all of our stuff in boxes mm. and put them in the balcony of one of our sister churches in the city. Oh, you did! And we hit the road homeless. And yeah. I would go to from church to church. I say, I'm a good New Yorker. I'm homeless, <laughs> you know. And literally, we were homeless yeah. from like about uh, September of '89 until maybe. February or so when we mm. came back into the city. Mm. But the reason we did that actually was to have no expenses right. except mm-hmm. the ones out on the road. We were able yes. to save enough money mm-hmm. and then we invested some of that. And we were ta- I was talking about this morning in Proverbs about a wise woman. She mm-hmm. considers a field and buys it. Yeah. So when we got back into the city and we started our next church and then the church was doing well and I was looking around for a building that we could buy yeah. and housing prices dipped and my wife wisely started she looking did. for a house, mm. and it, uh, we would not have bought a house if it were not for my wife. Oh, mm. wow. She found the house that we we bought, yeah. mm. and it only cost us believe it cost like maybe ten twelve thousand dollars to to get the house. No, to, oh. for wow. the de- for all the closing down costs down though, that closing costs down payment everything. That's yeah, it was amazing. It was yeah. everything dipped mm. and. Because of my wise wife, we were mm. able to do that, so I mm. thank God for that. But you know what I'm saying? All that to say that, Kristen, you know, 
missionary wives mm. make sacrifices like mm. that to like my wife to become mm. homeless like mm. yourself living out yes. sometimes of, of a minivan traveling right. around the country right but because we have a passion we have a ministry right. and we have a burden we have a burden for souls that's what i was going to say when the lord gives you a burden we have how many people tell us i can't believe you live in new york city i can't believe you traveled that long <laughs> but when the lord has put this desire in your heart he gives you the strength and the courage and you know yeah. the desire to do that amen amen yeah. And I just see so much joy in your family. You know, you, you don't live in the biggest apartment in the world. Right. <laughs> uh, sometimes you're living in your van. You guys are still traveling. Right. But I just see so much joy in your family, and there's so much patience involved, and I know you guys are very resourceful. It's just such a blessing to have yeah, and, your family and our church. And we have our Tuesday track ministry at Grand Central Station, and when Tim is there, your your daughter is always there, yes. and, you know, your seven-year-old daughter, a man. Yes. She will stand right in the middle of Grand Central Station oh, yes. and read the gospel tracts. <laughs> Heritage Baptist Church meets on Wednesday. And she'll, just, she'll read that, everything. And she'll go up to anyone and offer yes. gospel tracts. She's very bold yes, and very sweet and, yes. and loves the Lord. What a, what a blessing. Amen. So, dear friends, we're talking about raising our children, how to have a mighty influence upon our children. And the first way is through prayer. Hmm. One of the greatest ways we have an influence upon our children is down on our knees. And so if you want us to pray for your children tonight, we would love to pray with you. And Hannah had a penina, someone who provoked her to a thunderous roar in her soul. Someone who brought her, in a sense, despair and 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 led her to even have a bitterness of spirit, bitterness of soul. She prayed to the Lord and we wept. So maybe you have a deep burden tonight in prayer. We'd love to bear that burden with you. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. And Pastor, we are going to try this one more time. Let's see if we can get Susan. Susan, are you there with us live on the air? Yes. I am here. Well, I don't know how you did that, but maybe Zuki could call in next and we could go back. Susan, how are you tonight? I'm glad that we can talk to you. Good. I'm glad to be on. Oh, well, thank you so much. And we appreciate that. So we're talking about Hannah. And the second thing we want to see is that once Samuel was born, Hannah focused upon bringing up Samuel, giving her best to him, spending those brief years that she had to pour herself into Samuel, and spending the, the most quality type of time with Samuel. So I guess my question really is, how does Hannah give her time to Samuel in those early years? And, and Susan, we're, we're talking, of course, to Kristen, and both of you are homeschooling moms. And so how do you give yourself and your time to your, ch- your children as a homeschooling mom? Um, well, for us, it's, I mean, we're together all the time. So <laughs> they have my attention all day. And uh, um, I actually... I think of the Hannah passage in relation with um, Moses and his mom and just they had just these few short years to like invest in their son. Right. Right. I have the blessing of having more years, like 16, 17 years before they may leave home, 18 years and Mm -hmm. um, to not squander that time. And um, we we do. We spend a lot of time in just reading um, books together, reading the Bible together, studying the Bible with one another, and just learning together. Um, Even as they do their history, reading it with them and learning with them, and just knowing what they're learning and going through it and relearning all of that myself. And um, 
it's a blessing because you you know what they're they're learning. Um, How do you do the different ages at the same simultaneous? Because the what's the age range of your children, the, from the oldest well, to the youngest? Ninth grade to kindergarten. Okay, so. so how that's so challenging to think about doing a ninth grader and kindergarten. Is it some of it online or is it through CDs or, or how do you uh, balance your time in the different age groups that you have there? Well, at this point, Douglas does most of his all ninth grade is all by him, mostly by himself. I do some with him and check in with him. Um, he does a little bit with online classes. Um, some of it's just the Curriculum's written where you read and answer, and then I can check it. There's a lot of independent okay. curriculum yeah. out there. Yeah. So he's very so he does Bible with us in the morning, and then goes on to his own work. Um, and then um, for sixth grade, it's some independent and me checking up and keeping on task on that one. And then um, fourth and kindergarten are pretty much just me going back and forth doing one grade with one of them, giving some work to do, doing with the other, and going back and forth. Okay. So yes. kind of just all day. You're all, well, morning is when we're really focused and just one after another, sticking hmm. doing one assignment with somebody and giving them that to do. Very interesting. So what are the challenges that you have in this? What And, and what are some of the blessings that you enjoy most about homeschooling? And what what could you say also, if you want to throw this in there, to parents maybe who are considering homeschooling. More parents are considering this these days because of some of the things we've seen through this pandemic. And somebody might say to you, and even to Kristen, well, you guys are school teachers, so you're trained to teach, but what about a mom maybe who's not trained to be a school teacher? What could you say to them regarding the challenges and blessings of homeschool? Um, well, first off, anybody can do it. I mean, there's so much that's written, the curriculum's written, for parents to teach them. Um, so, and you really just learn with your kids and there's such a homeschooling community. So um, yeah. you find the other moms and moms help each other out all the time. So, um, but you really have to have a passion and believe it's, it's what the Lord wants you to do. Um, the seeing moms want to do it and start and you just get burnt out because it's, it's a lot. So if you don't feel like it's absolutely what the Lord what the Lord says is best for your family, because mm -hmm. it's not best yeah. for every family. That's wisely if, put, yeah. In other words, a, a parent really has to pray if this is God's will. Because hmm. there's going to become the people come up, your friends, family, anybody, and tell you why you're doing this and discourage you. So if, yeah. you, if you haven't committed to it, it's easy to back away. And a lot of people back out of it, just it's not worth it. Um, hmm. But... Yeah. But for us, it is hard, and it is a lot of work, but it's what we believe is best for our kids, for raising them up the way the Lord wants them to be. Yeah, and thank you. I have one last question for you, Susan, if I can, and that is, you know, how do you keep your children from being immersed into all of the culture of social media, so much negativity and, and anti-Christ doctrines, and things to be taught in uh, are being taught in the social media, the television realm. And so how do you keep your children away from that? And what are some of the things you do either with, with Adrian, your husband, with your kids to keep away from all of that influence? Well, we just don't have it for them. Like we don't have a TV for them to turn on. Yeah. They, yeah. they don't have the phone. So, I mean, it's not at their easy access for them to get. And, 
I mean, they have access to the Internet, but they can't just take a computer anywhere they want in the house and hide. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they're they in front of me, um, and I'm home most of the time with them, well, with the younger ones. And yeah. so they just don't have access because they don't need it. It's not yeah. mm-hmm. The world tells them us they need it, mm-hmm. but they don't. There's nowhere that says they need these pressures, yeah. and we're supposed to protect them, and right now they're still developing, and um, they they don't need all of that to hint the world on them. And um, we definitely, I mean, obviously we're in New York every Sunday and Wednesday. I mean, they see the world. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're isolated from yeah. it. Um, so we talk about it and talk about why things we see aren't godly. And, Amen. Amen. So, well, God bless you. Yeah. Uh, God bless you, Susan. Thank you for spending this time with us, sharing your wisdom and experience and we appreciate you and your family and we'll continue to pray for you all as well and thank you for pouring your heart into your children and seeing christ uh develop in them okay god bless you susan thank you and we're gonna uh go right to zuki is zuki there Yes, Pastor. There you are. There you are <laughs> I don't know voice. what happened before, but it's sure good to hear your voice now, Zuki. Mm. Thank Th- you so much, Pastor. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. We are, we are welcoming a wonderful mom in our church, Zuki, who has come to the United States internationally uh, on a work uh, with her husband and her two children. And we just want to talk to you for a few minutes really about prayer if we can, Zuki, and yes. how how important is prayer to you as a mother now in the New York City uh, area, and why is prayer important to you in bringing up your children for the Lord? Uh, thank you so much, Pastor. Um, as a believer, uh, a prayer is an important part of my life. Um, the Bible is teaching us um, to pray fervently and without uh, ceasing. Mm-hmm. And so, as a mother, we um, one of the greatest um, gifts that God has given uh, to a family uh, are children. Um, if I can just quote a little bit um, on Psalms 127, it says, um, Children are a heritage of the Lord, mm-hmm. and the fruit of the womb is His reward. So as a mother who's um, rewarded by God with this great gift of children, it is my responsibility um, to take a special care of my children mm-hmm. by praying for God's protection against the, the devil. Um, First Peter um, 5 verse 8 says that the devil is our adversary, a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. So... Um, those scriptures, they are reminding me that Satan is there, not only for adults, even for the kids. And the book of Proverbs in chapter 22, verse 6, um, it, the, that verse is commanding the parents um, to train the children um, the way that they should go. Mm-hmm. And so that when they are old, um, they will not depart from that. So I have that duty and it's been given to me, it's been commanded by the Lord. Mm. And it is a responsibility to raise those kids in a godly way. And so through prayer, then I, I will have wisdom and I will have patience on, on raising those kids. So it is very vital for me to pray for them um, mm. 
so um, it's not only started here even back home. Um, it's something that we were, we were doing as a, as a family. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you're very brave to come to this region of the world, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure you may have thought it was going to be one thing, and now you've gotten here, and maybe it's something completely different from what you had expected. I don't That's know. Right. <laughs> but how has coming to the United States from another nation with school-age children been a challenge to you? And, you know, how are you teaching your children um, and what, what, what decisions have you made in that regard? And, and how has that changed your prayers for your children as you're here in New York City? Um, you know, coming to the U.S., um, um, yes, it was exciting for us. Um, <laughs> coming to the big city, coming, right? <laughs> yes, coming to the big city. Um, it, it, it has been a challenge for, for us in many ways. Um, back home, um, our kids, they were uh, going to a Christian school. And so we're hoping that, um, maybe going, getting the public school might, um, get like the school that has Christian values as well. But, um, one hour said we've just decided that let's homeschool them. And so the challenge that they are facing right now is to, is to adjust, um, um, in homeschooling and, um, because they were used in playing with other kids, going mm. to school. Mm. And so it's been difficult, and you know that you have to um, make the kids understand. But um, through prayer, um, God has been working on their hearts um, for them so that they can adjust to this new normal of, of homeschooling. And um, it also has its own benefits, um, um, you know, of homeschooling, because I do have a control of um of what they um they have to learn and I'm able to impart God's word um in the process of, of their education, mm. you know. And also being part of the Baptist church has also been a great blessing for our for our family mm. because we've been able to meet like families, they've been able to um um to meet like other kids because also they wanted to, to socialize to get new friends. Right. So that's also it's been a challenge because going home, they were so used to have new friends. And so coming here, it was like uh, difficult, but God has been great, um, a great help, I must say, you know. Amen. And, um, that's beautiful. And another thing, yes, and another thing is like the prayer like changes, you know, as you see that there are new challenges. Mm-hmm. So that has also has helped me to look at my spiritual life too, um, so that I can um seek God's guidance and um and also help them with praying with those areas that um they are having challenges with. Mm-hmm. So um and also reading the um the Bible and and show them what is expected of us as believers. So um I must say um God has been great, and um, he's been um, a helping hand in, in, in our situation here. Mm. Thank you Amen. so much for yes. sharing tonight, Zuki. Mm. And may God bless you and your family, and we'll be continuing to Thank pray you so for much. you, okay? Thank you mm. for calling in tonight. So glad we got to talk to you for these few moments. And, and the time is really skipping along here, <laughs> running along, isn't it? <laughs> so we're going to go right to uh, our, our third mother calling in this evening. As okay. No, I can hear Pastor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there I hear you, Joan, too. So it's good to hear your voice. How you doing? 
I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. And so we're talking about Hannah and how she had a mighty influence upon her children in three ways, by praying for them, by spending time with them, and thirdly, as Samuel got old enough, she brought him to the temple and she let go of Samuel. Hmm. She let go. So, Joan, we wanted to talk to you really about letting go of your children because you've raised up your children and let them go into adulthood. So I think a good question would, for you would simply be how did you prepare your, for your children for adulthood so that you could let them go in that way? Well, my husband, Simon, and I lived in Lagos, Nigeria. Wow. When okay. our children were born and raised, we prepared our children for adulthood by not spoiling the child. Mm-hmm. We raised our children with a lot of love, but in a very disciplined environment. As members of the Anglican Church, we were in regular attendance, so the children learned about God at an early age. Mm-hmm. Also, they learned to respect their parents, elders, teachers, and authorities. I used to make celebration cakes when the children were younger. The American Women's Club in Lagos had an annual Christmas bazaar, and I would rent a cake stall for the day. I recruited my kids to help me. It was not up for discussion. This was what we were going to do. And they each got a part in the process. Did you make carrot cake back then, Joan? Did you make that carrot cake? Yes, I did. (laughs) Oh, okay. Because I just had the last piece of your carrot cake that you gave to me. Uh, about two days ago, I was having a little piece every morning for breakfast, and it's, oh my goodness. so it was delicious. <laughs> okay. I know I I, I am a I'm a fan of your cake. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Joan. So since I, we're okay. Joan, since we're running out of time, can we just ask you a little bit about the boarding school and how you had to actually let go of your children in the same way that Hannah had to let go of Samuel? Oh yes. I can well appreciate Anna's bravery and selfishness when she gave up her son Samuel to the Lord. Mm. Our children left home to attend boarding school in Nigeria at an early age, just yeah. 11 years old. 11, wow. My mm. first son, mm. Eze, left first, then Michael a year later. It broke my heart to see them leave home. We had visiting, visiting days only once per month, and they came home on school vacations. Mm. It was very hard for me at that time. I constantly worried about them. Mm. Since my husband attended boarding school himself, he didn't you know, feel it as badly as I did. Mm-hmm. But he wept after we dropped Michelle off at boarding school for the first time. So yeah, that is, that is tough. Feel, yes, we feel the, like the hole, you know, like there's an emptiness yeah. uh, when they're gone. And it's... It, it, it's tough. Well, Joan, the music is playing, so the program is going to be over shortly. Oh, but okay. thank you so, so very thank much. So much. Good for talking with Joan. you. You are a beautiful woman of God, and we love you, thank Sister you. Joan. Thank you, you and your children. We always love to see them as well when they visit our church with you. And thank ha- you. Happy thank Mother's you. Day to you, and we want to do a special prayer. Dear God thank in you. heaven, we pray that you will give the mothers of our city power of your Holy Spirit to be models of godly womanhood to their children, to their families, to their communities. Dear Lord, we pray, dear God, that you would give mothers power to not allow the sinful influences of this world into the home. And Lord God, we pray that your presence would be powerfully sensed 
in our homes. Good night. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org and join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.